to sing live. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. I'm here. <laughs> Medium sized Mike's back. How you doing? Brother Bob's back. What's up? Carl's back. Happy to be here. Silent, not so silent, Ron's back. I don't get it. Hello. <laughs> That's because I hit the record button and it shut up. That's all it takes is a record button? I don't remember. Walk around with the LED red light on. I'm recording. I'm recording. See? See? And good mic's back. Oh, good mic. Hi. How y'all doing? Our Bible verse this week is Colossians 3, 2. I will read it from the ESV version. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So our topic tonight is overthinking. Which is kind of funny, but not so funny. Because I threw that text out, thinking about myself, and like knowing Mike, like because you're one of my best friends, right? Mm-hmm. And... At least on air. A a subtext that we've had. Like, I knew you were overthinking about some things. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I was like, and I, like, the last two weeks I've overthought every day, all day, probably. So then, Silent Ron was like, is this about me? (laughs) Yeah, because I've been thinking overthinking for, like, the last two weeks, trying to get stuff ready for school. Yeah. Not just that, though, right? Well, no, but that was a big part of it, and everything else just made it even heavier. So in our faith walk, because everybody overthinks, especially at this table. Yep. No matter if it's where to eat, no matter if it's what to do. How to do it. How to do it. Like, there's just different chains of things. How to word your text response, and they're not saying anything, and getting chastised for it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Well, that's correct. <laughs> that seemed kind of long, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> kind of really specific there, Carl. <laughs> something under my <laughs> Sounds like Vandalia to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to understand that. Yeah. But. <laughs> but if you think about it, see what I did there? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> overthinking take your time <laughs> overthinking stops you from action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so it stifles you and keeps you in place no matter if that's your work where they're, that's doing what God's called you to do no matter where you're overthinking at it's, it's stopping you from an action true but you know when you're thinking you're overthinking <clears throat> You are actively involved in trying to figure something out. So you think the trap is, I'm thinking about this. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to get it done. But by doing that, your inaction is the problem of overthinking. Right. So thinking about it is not bad. No. Overthinking about overthinking it. Overthinking it is bad because then you are you have no action towards a resolution. Mm-hmm. Well, and like what you just said kind of highlights the problem too. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to see how I yeah. can get this done. That's- and the I replaces the the more you overthink, the more you inject yourself into the process and remove him from it. I was going to yeah. go there, but Ronnie interrupted me. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, thank you, Ronnie. So we're here, here steal some, this will be a some rude podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you listen back to the previous episodes, they called me the bully. 
I think Ronnie was overthinking that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just everything, right? Like, oh yeah. Well, it, like the things, the things that just just last week that really hit hard, and I really was feeling attacked on and stuff. I set unmet expectations because there were those unknown expectations. If that makes sense, like I was expecting things from people that had no idea what I was expecting. So then it made me overthink even more to make me, again, you know, unfortunately I'm the type of person that then it's all personal. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, am I not good enough? Am I not? Had me questioning all of these things to where when I finally talked to, like, my wife about it and stuff, she said, well, how much time are you spending with God? Okay. So I really had to think about it. And I'm like, well, I pray every night. I thank him every morning I wake up that he allowed me to wake up. And she said, okay, how much time are you spending with him? She's like, I'm not even talking about, are you setting aside 15 minutes at least a day? But other than the lip service, kind of, you know, or the easy prayer, the thank you or, you know, bless everybody and, you know, things like that. How much time are you actually spending? And it took me taking that to heart to really inundate myself with everything that I was doing, being God-centered, to realize this is what truly was missing for me mm-hmm. was the fact that I wasn't surrounding myself with God and putting it all in his in his arms it was still the I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it how am I going to get myself out of this funk and what is my you know all of this my 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 stuff and it truly reminded me of that just this is more this is how I want to feel I want to feel inundated I want to feel you know just surrounded by him as opposed to not and worrying about everything myself kind of thing you know what Over, I mean? overthinking robs you of your joy peace oh, yeah. of your peace no matter, no matter how slight it is or what have you because if you start overthinking then your mindset goes somewhere else yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, it always the overthinking for me comes from when I try to put my trust, like you say, in somebody saying they're going to do something, and then when it doesn't happen, you're like, "Well, crap! Now I got to figure out how to make this happen, plus do what uh-huh. I need to do after right. it, right? To make sure everything still flows the way it's supposed to." Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because like Joe Blow let me down, so now I got to pick. I feel like I have to pick it up to fix it. Instead yeah. of, like you say, give it to him, and it'll probably just work its way out mm-hmm. as long as I'm patient enough. Right. But it's just like, whoa, hey, you just threw a fork in my my stuff here. Mm-hmm. So now i got to overthink it and try to make it all work. Yeah, and if you're anything like me, when somebody lets you down or they hurt you or they say something that isn't kind or they exclude you, then you overthink that interaction, mm-hmm. that negative interaction to the point where that moment in time becomes that person in your mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Becomes the, the, the totality of that person, which well, is fair. Well, it brings yeah. out the anxiety in you mm-hmm. is what it does. Overthinking leads to procrastination. And procrastination leads to distrust in God. Because if you're procrastinating and you're overthinking it, that's one way the devil's getting you to not be focusing on God. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're overthinking something... Your totally, fo- your total focus is your total away. focus is gone. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely not on God. The only thing you're focusing about is what you're trying to overthink. Yeah. 
trying yeah. to fix the what problem. you're trying you're trying to fix that problem and we cannot fix that problem by ourselves right yeah. the only way you're going to fix that problem is you're going to have to stay focused on God stop procrastinating stop letting the anxiety come up because that's what Satan wants he wants all that to come into our life because that is total destruction to our Christianity mm-hmm. if we allow that to happen yeah he wants what ifs to replace trust yes. a what if is, a, is, a, is the antithesis of trust yes. if you really trusted right. him there'd be no what if in your mind you'd just step out and do and just exactly. know that whatever happened was meant to happen yep I'm struggle- I struggle with that a lot I, because I'm the only guy that works in the, where I'm at so if I well oh, no I see what you're saying if, if I call somebody in to do something and it doesn't get done and then they come back and say well why ain't this you know done so that stresses me out because it throws off the whole process and then I feel like well I gotta step in and take over instead of just like laying back and you know letting it run its course and letting him you know take care of it yeah I try to jump in there and take this person's role that he was supposed to do on top of my own and then whatever else comes and then it just stresses me out to the point of where my focus is totally gone right mm-hmm. sometimes I think overthinking uh, there's a part in there that uh, I, I think applies is expectation when you expect somebody to do something or you expect something to go a certain way you start thinking about it and your expectation is as you think overthink it is it's going to go this way how many times in your life have you you know thinking this for unanswered prayers mm-hmm. where I'm going your expectation was going to come out this way but it came out a different way you spent all that time focused on an expectation of overthinking something that actually ended up being better because well you had no hand in it God had the hand in it right yep. Absolutely. Because you're always overthinking and causing worst-case scenarios. Exactly. Because you're, oh, yeah. you're playing both sides. You want to make sure that you're covered here and you're covered here. So the expectation for you is that, well, if it goes this way, I'll go left. If it goes right, I'll go right. That's so, a, go ahead. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's not the godly thing to do. Yeah. It's a trust thing for me. You say expectation, I say the trust. Because when I ask somebody to do something and they say, I got it, well, I I believe in their word and I trust their word. But you're expecting them to do it, right? But but I'm also, you know, putting the trust in them in their word that they are going to do it. But when they don't do it, it, it kind of breaks my trust to a point. You know, that brings up an interesting point. It's funny you're trusting in somebody. Isn't it funny how we give away trust to people? Yeah. <laughs> what about the trust? We should just say, you know what. God is where I need to trust. Right, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I should put I'm my trust. That too. Yeah, I, mean, I should put my trust in Him, God, instead of putting my trust in the and trust that He's going to have this person do their job instead of having to worry about whether it gets done. But how easily we give our trust to individuals we right. don't even know. True. In certain yeah. situations, we know God. We know what He's capable of. We've got a whole book that tells us what He does and what He's going to do. But yet we're going to trust somebody else doing something for us and hopefully and and expect them to get it done but we 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 are for sure god will get it done with his plan but yet that trust that goes to him we overthink that Mm -hmm. you know and consistently elevate people to positions that only god should should handle yeah yeah Yeah. for me it's overthinking what people think i know it sounds no, that's, that's a real weird, one. but 
he's been hitting me hard the past week on boldness. Like, that's what I've been praying for, boldness. You know what I mean? Because I don't feel like I got it. You know what I mean? Not like I should, anyway. And that's where it comes from, is constantly worrying about what this person's going to think of me when I do this. Like, it, it was to the point where, like, a, a day or two ago, I take prayer walks, right? It helps me to focus on him and talk to him. And I felt prompted, it's broad daylight, and I'm just walking around my neighborhood, you know, on sidewalk, cars, cars driving down. I felt prompted to kneel and start praying, to kneel down. And my first response was to look around and see if anybody's coming. Uh. Second response when I saw somebody's coming is, what, what are they going to think? And that's when he hit me. Yeah. That's when he hit me right there. Why does it matter what they think? If I'm exactly. telling you to do it, that's the only thing that should matter. Mm-hmm. I was convicted like that Sunday at church. Uh, I felt a major calling to go up and kneel at the altar. And, uh, I, and I sat there, and I, and I knew I was urged, and I knew I needed to go, but I didn't go. I had the same one until Mike came up to me. I'm sitting there. I'm on the outside. Uh-huh. I'm on the outside. All I had to do was walk out and go. And I wanted, I, I wanted to. I wanted to. And I needed to, and I felt I needed to. Yeah. I could not get my feet to move. I was like froze. And then Mike, I saw Mike going down. And next thing I know, though, before Mike took a right, he took a left. And he come up to me and said he was going down there because he wanted to talk to God. Do you want to go with me? And, and it's all I needed. And I said, yes, I do. So there's that trust issue again. I mean... I, I shouldn't have cared what one person there at the service thought. You're right. I was right, right there with in, you. In that moment, I was being convicted by the Holy Spirit to go and be with my God. And I sat there like a bump on a log. What an opportunity missed. I overthought it. I have all my That's life. Going. Yeah. That, that altar call Sunday, I've, I've been convicted a lot to do it. And never done it. That was my first altar call Sunday. Well, I and I mean, I had this problem with. I don't want anybody to think that I'm hypocritical. That I'm more well, than, that I'm putting out more. I'm putting out more than I actually am. But then again, are those folks going to get me into heaven? Right. Can they forgive my sins? No. Well, and that's a huge. That's a huge thing you have to overcome. Overthinking it is overthinking it. And was it Bobby last year that talked about it? I, I know we've talked about it, and it's been there in church too. But um, you know, you're just doing it for an audience of one. Exactly, and that's where that's, mine, that's where mine is. I yeah, have to get my mindset you're up there. there praying, whether you're praising, whether you're anything, it's all you're there for. And I had to get past that because I, I mean, I was one that like I was when I started my walk. I was there for my wife. You know, I was there for my kids. I was there for this and that. And you were there for breakfast. Yeah. Well, that's really what's. They had breakfast. Breakfast. No. Uh, <laughs> no. My You're wife. And my wife said, "We're going to go to church. Are you going to come?" And I was like, yeah, "I don't think so. I'll just meet you for breakfast." She's like, "No. You don't come to church with us. You don't get breakfast." I was like, oh, I like breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so you came to breakfast. Okay, I started going to church. You know, Whatever works. And, I mean, right? Absolutely. Well, and it's funny because then now, all these years later, it's like Cole has said, I don't care if you got to pay him, bribe him to come to church. What? You know, because somebody's going to be there at that opportune time. 
that they needed to hear something particular. Well, and that's how they got me. They hooked, they so-called Cole said they hooked me mm-hmm. because of the automotive side. Right. And I don't know if it was Ronnie or Lisa or a little bit of both, but the day I got hooked, Cole was telling me he was at the grocery store and he got a phone call saying, there's a guy coming to see you. You need to talk to him. And Cole said, I threw my car aside and I went to my shop because I knew you were coming. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got me, talking about cars and stuff. And next thing I know, I'm being talked to about God yeah. and all that. And it it just hit me. Yeah. You know? And he's like, we hooked you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. well, they then, hooked you with <coughs> breakfast. Right? right, absolutely. <laughs> but then see, like, and then as your walk goes through, then you realize... That that's not the passion of the car thing is not really there for Cole, right? And it kind of disappointed you because you're like, wait a minute, that's how you got me, right? And then you're saying it doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, look, anything it takes, just like God, just like Jesus, let me talk to the sinner, the worst of the worst. You know, the tax collector, they're going to follow me. It's, you know, it's whatever it takes to get you there to hear that truth. Right. And that's what it, that's what it did. Yeah. I want to add something to you. And like, don't take this the wrong way. This isn't a chastisement, but we've got to get to the place where we can witness on our own. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm speaking to myself here, too. We, we've got to get to a place where, you know, when Philip was taken to the Ethiopian, he didn't invite him to an assembly. You know what I mean? Like, he was able to unpack it for him. You know what I mean? And lead him to a place where he wanted to be baptized right then and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think there's a danger. It worked out great for you. It worked out great for you, you guys. I'm not, like I said, I'm not chastising yeah. this, but we've got to get to a place where we have the boldness to witness for him in the moment. You know what I mean? Because I think too many have replaced Jesus with church. We yeah. give him lip service, but we almost, we almost think church saves us. And I say that because it's fresh in my mind because this morning on the other podcast, uh, before we started recording, Chris sent me a video. The guy that does the other podcast with me. Oh, he texted you back? What's that? He texted you back? He did text me back, yes. okay. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk later. (laughs) And this girl, it's a response video, but this girl's talking about how, you know, I was in church my whole life. I did all the things. I was part of all the programs. I was fully committed. I was on fire. I was plugged into everything. And then I started reading my Bible. And when I started reading my Bible, I had all these questions because what the church was teaching me, what theology was teaching me, wasn't lining up. It wasn't, it wasn't matching what a full reading of Scripture said, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't match my sensibilities. The church was matching her sensibilities. The Bible wasn't. Right. But because she had been misled into treating the church like her Savior when it didn't line up with the Bible, and she couldn't, she couldn't find the answers to... to Rectify that rift. Right. She walked away from the whole thing. Well, then it dropped must, all of it. It must have really worked out great for me because I, I never really put my. I don't feel like I've ever really put my trust in the church. Mm-hmm. For me, the church is just a place to go. For you, it was a place where you got fed, right? And that's right. why I'm saying I'm not chastising you guys. It's a place where you got fed and you found a relationship with Him. That's not always the case. Right. right, like just just trying to get somebody to a church because I've seen it done like that. Just go. To, I don't even care what church you go to. You just go to a church somewhere. That's not great advice because there's a lot of bad churches out there. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. wouldn't that wouldn't that kind of go with? Yeah, that's yeah. And I know I I got absolutely it. right, right on the mark. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, churches 
it's all, you know, anything that's man-made dogma that doesn't follow the teachings of Christ is bad. And you, you can just about sing a dead cat to any church that's doing their own thing to bring people in to grow that number. They think, you know, they're, they're growing the number of the church. Well, what are they growing? Are they growing strong Christians? Are they growing milk-fed Christians that get just a little bit, never get to the meat of Christianity? Mm-hmm. And being bold is, you're right, there's a lot of people out there that are you know, on the fence about Christianity and thinking about maybe following Christ. They're overthinking. Well, if I go to this church, this is how they behave. Do I want to behave like that? Is that, is that something I want in my life? When they really should be, if, if they're fortunate enough that God puts somebody in their path that says, this is what Christianity is. It's not what the church is doing. Yeah, they're out there feeding people that need fed and putting shoes on feet of kids that need shoes. But here, it's your relationship with our Lord Jesus that is at the center center of the relationship to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's not about how big our church is or we're building a new building or we're, uh, I don't know, whatever whatever activity you may be doing. Activities are used to draw people in. That's great. Use them. Use any means you can. Right. But when, once they're there, you got to feed them, feed them, feed them. You know? Discipleship. Exactly. Right. you got to go out there and say, here it is. Jesus died for you. Your sins are forgiven. Let's move forward. Okay, what what you did in the past is where it belongs. Yeah, keep in it the in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think you make a great point about just because it's church doesn't mean it's good. I think we've become too spectator focused, and we've become comfortable being spectator focused and just bringing other people to be spectators with us. Yeah. When discipleship, it should lead to participation. Yes, it should lead to a place where everybody's a minister. You know what I mean? You don't have to. We're you all called to be that. Yeah, we're we're called to, sh- to spread the word, to share the gospel, Paul to bring talks it to about everybody. It all the time, you know. So, yeah, I agree with you, Bob. Yes, he sounds. <laughs> I've seen you thinking over there for a little bit. I've just been taking it in, listening. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys make good, valid points. They're just, you know, like you said, that are the churches really growing Christians, or are they just growing numbers? They're just growing numbers. Ninety-nine percent of them. Because probably 60% of every church, maybe even more than that, are filled with unbelievers. There is not check a markers. certain... Yeah, right. check markers, check box, box checkers, whatever you want to call them. And the they, are not, they are not devout following Christ. All they're about is being in a, a group or a clique or... In the activities or doing some sort of work, which makes them think, oh, well, I'm doing this for the church, so i got to be doing it for God, so right. that makes me saved. But that does not save you. And it hurts them, too, because when they do put their trust in the church that much, and then they feel the church let them down. Exactly. They feel God is letting them down. When it's not well, God who did it, it's yeah. the people, some of the people, I am not going to say all the people, but... The people that are in the church that are just teaching it wrong or whatever. It's not God letting them down. You know, don't blame... It might not even be them teaching them wrong right. either. Right. Right? I, like, I'm just... I know. But, but your, trust, yeah. your trust is going into a human who's going to let you down no right. matter That's what. what. I said earlier, right? we're, we're trusting humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm, there's a situation I'm involved in, that, and that's all I'm going to say, that, you know... When I said they were growing numbers, sometimes they grow so fast that you know they get somebody who's on fire, like you were talking about. Well, you make a great group leader, really. 
maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. And you put that person in charge of young souls who are looking to grow, and one of those young souls needs something. Well, and they lead them the wrong way. The the problem there is, is if you put a, a fresh Christian, a baby, in charge of other babies, they're not going to grow because for the simple fact is. The baby that's in charge does not know how to dig the meat and potatoes out of the work. All that's, he can do is all, yeah, all he can do is drink the milk, you know, and he's not digging the meat and potatoes out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some guys when they get saved, yeah, boom, they can do it. Yeah, I but couldn't teach. You got to learn. You got to learn to crawl before you can walk. You yeah. can't teach now. Right. At, at this point in time in my life, in my walk, I could not. If somebody was come up and say, "Hey, you want to teach this class?" I would have to respectively decline. But you don't have to teach a class to teach. Or just, well, I know, but what Look, they're saying. No. I couldn't. I'd right? be the baby teaching right. a baby. So what's your... Let me ask you this. It's not like a school teach. Right, right. right. I get it. You're teaching by example. Mm-hmm. So what Which is, is what got Mike to the table. Yeah. So wow. you can teach. What would be your definition of... Your Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're silent. The definition of my Christianity. That's me focusing on God. Me learning His Word. Me trying to be bold. Me praying for other people when I see that they're in need of prayer. Me of trying to teach them the right way. And me allowing God to funnel through me. Not just me, Him. Doing it all, not me, and allowing him to funnel through me to be able to try to teach them right. That's my definition of me being a Christian. You know, whether it's right or wrong, but I feel it's right because I'm trying to do it all and give him the glory for it's what I'm getting at. Don't worry about what other people think. Who cares? I used to be a, I used to be the biggest people pleaser in the world. Well, me too, and I may still mm-hmm. have a little bit of that in me. Not anymore. I could care less what people think about me because I know the one true God loves me because He sent His Son to die on the cross to save me. Who cares what other people think? I mean, you know, be bold for Him, like Carl was talking about. We got to be bold for Him. We got to stand up for Him. We cannot waver one way or the other when we know what the truth is. You'll have people ask you, well. Why does God allow this? Because we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. We have free will. If we didn't have free will and God done everything for us, we'd be like robots. Mm. We wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have choices. God puts that there to help us. I know they can't see me. I my hand motions. <laughs> but God puts that there for us to be able to choose to either follow him or not follow him. There's no gray area. There's not setting. There's no setting on the fence. You either for him or you're against him. Period. Mm-hmm. There ain't no ands, if buts about it. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. There's no maybes in there. Don't be lukewarm. I'll speak That's for my exactly. Mouth. Yeah, I think the warning in Revelation <clears throat> two. I don't remember the verses to Ephesus specifically. He describes them. They're doing all the outward stuff. Really yes. like, great. They're they're loving their neighbor. They're doing all that that outward show was really that well. Ephesus or was that Corinth? Ephesus. No, it was, it's, it it's in Ephesians. In Ephesians, yes. yes. Plus, Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, he's yes. warning the Ephesians. Yes. But yeah, he's, he's yes. warning them about how they're doing all the outward show. And this is Jesus talking. Right. And he says, 
but I have this against you, and it's a big thing. Yeah. You forgot your first love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what he's talking about there is when he was asked what the greatest commandment is, what did he say? Love God. Love God. Number one. Number one on the list, not even close, not even close to number two, was love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. The second, way down below it, is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the Ephesians were guilty of moving their love for neighbor up to almost a level playing field with loving their God maybe a little higher. Mm-hmm. And once you get love for neighbor to a point where it's exceeding your love for God, where you're just giving God lip service, and remember, love's action-oriented. It's obedience. It's what you do. When you're doing more for your neighbor than you're doing for your God, you're loving your neighbor more, and it's going to lead to compromise against God, and eventually it's going to corrupt your love for your neighbor, so you're not doing either right. right. And that's where the Ephesians were, and I think that's where the modern church is really, really close to getting to. Like you talked about, we feed the hungry we put shoes on 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 the feet of kids, you know. Atheists do that too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's nothing. I mean, that's a good thing, but it doesn't prove our spirituality. It doesn't prove our relationship with the Father. Right. There's more to it, like you were expressing, Bob. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about defining your Christianity. I can tell you, Steph and I talked about you the other day and how you're one of the. If, if we had a short list of believers that we know are real, that we look up to in a real meaningful way, the sort of person that just, when they enter in a room, you can feel, you can feel a change because of the spirit they carry. That's you. You know, you live it. It's inside out. It's not just an outward show. It's what too many of us are guilty of. We're really good at this outward show, but we're not really living it on the inside out. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, and the problem is, is, is resulting from not getting discipleship. We're just watching a show every Sunday, but we're not letting it change us. Right. Back to my altar call, you know, being convicted right there. I overthought it. And uh, I've been on, you know, that's a good list to be on, Bob. I've been on other lists that I won't mention. <laughs> I, I, I never made that list that you're on. I was on a no-fly list once. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we overthink all that stuff. If I, if I show the world I'm doing this, look at me. And that's, that's not where the focus should be. Mm. I don't want to be that kind of person. And I think about that all the time. So am I overthinking that? I, I don't know. I think it requires deep thought and prayer. But see, there's the and part, exactly. right? And mm-hmm. prayer. A lot of the times when we're overthinking, it's just us overthinking the solution to the problem because we're all fixers at the table. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't include the and prayer. Yeah. That, that was my main job when I was still working was... I was the fixer. Mm-hmm. I went in and fixed broken plants. That's what I did. And uh, so for me, I fight that on a daily basis. Problem comes up, first thing I want to do is rear back and go, okay, logically, here are the steps I need to go through to get the end result that I want. But it's not what I want. Because really, I'm just... Uh, You're just, just a tool in the toolbox. I'm a tool in the toolbox, exactly, like I spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, overthinking is it will, will cripple you to the point of non-action, and when you're non-action, you're just wayward. Okay, <laughs> sorry. You know, you're talking about non-action. Yeah, if, if we're if we're not in action, we're either really broken or we just don't care. You know, if you if you're not trying to engage, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think about being lukewarm all the time. Right. I don't want to be lukewarm. 
And I find myself sometimes, I'm sure the people out there listening have found themselves, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I'm doing, I don't hurt anybody. I pay my taxes. I do this. I do that. I believe there's God. I don't well, know more. I thought back when I first met Carl, he was really into, uh, you know, doing more, showing more love to God and giving him the praise and all that. And I've caught myself in the last month or so thinking, I should be doing more. How do I do more? Exactly. You know, because I've heard Carl say it over and over again that we need to do more for him. Right, and that that brings it back to where God wants us. That's why God wants us to be around each other because iron sharpens iron. Right. And you've seen how Carl works, and you're like, man, I need to to be more like that. Yeah, I want to be, you know, at that... Yes. And I sit there and I think, you know, at the time, I'm sitting there thinking, what's what's he really saying? And then it hits me later, you know, because then it's like, yeah, I should be doing more. Why am I doing more? What can I do to honor God? So then you start overthinking what you can do. Exactly. Instead of just doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, right? Like, 100%. So for me, here's here's me. Like, you talked about being lukewarm. Carl talked about other people, thinking what other people think, right? Well, I'm in that boat, too, by the way. <laughs> Pour both of those into a bowl and mix it up? That's me. A lot of the time, you and that's me. in the same bowl? Yeah. I'm sure there's a bowl. We're in the same kitchen. Bowl. I'd yeah. say we're all in the same mix. Yeah. Yeah. I think about the uh, Ezekiel. Uh, you know, God used him to prophesy against all the sin in the world in the Old Testament. You know, he broke him down, brought the drought on the land, took him to the only brook that had water, and that's where he was. Can you imagine being in that situation and overthinking what's going on? He had no food, no water. He was totally 100% dependent on the good Lord to feed him and give him water. Elijah, you mean? Yeah. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. 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 Sorry, what did I say? Ezekiel. Sorry, I was reading Ezekiel the other day. Yeah, I mean, broke him down. And like you said, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. God broke him down, got him ready to go do what he needed to go do. Can you imagine if he had overthought what God was doing to him? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think a case can be made that he did at one point. Yes, when, he did. You know, you know, since we're talking about that specific prophet, after he has this awesome, amazing show against the, the priests of Baal, oh, calls yeah. fire down from heaven, and then he's like, I'm so, the only one so left. Yeah. Yeah. And what's stunning about that is Obadiah had just told him that I've rescued 100 prophets just like you. Right. You know what I mean? There's 100 prophets that Jezebel wanted to murder, and I put him in a cave. Mm-hmm. He had just told him that just days before. And then here, here Elijah is a few days later telling God, I'm the only one left. Yeah. End it now. I think that's him overthinking. Yeah, overthinking. And you know, I got—I kind of got a. I guess I can. Uh, I was talking with my nephew over the weekend, and he overthinks a lot. So he got talking about Enoch, and we all know who Enoch is. You know, he was a friend of God. Mm-hmm. The he, good one. The good one. The yeah, good Enoch. The good Enoch. He was a friend of God, and he—he he didn't taste death. Well, my nephew was was. I guess overthinking, and he goes, "Well, why did why did God save Enoch and not allow him to taste death when everybody else has got to?" I'm like, "Well, no, 
and then he, he was talking about a, a, a book called the Book of Enoch. Yeah. And which, yeah, who knows, you know, right. could be, could not be. Mm-hmm. I told him, I'm like, look at it this way. The devil will take something. All he can do is take what God made and twist it and make it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he can't, the devil cannot, cannot create anything on his own. Yeah. All he can do is change it, change it, twist it, and twist it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and that's and I told him I'm like, and that's what he's trying to do with your thoughts because you're overthinking. Well, Enoch didn't see, didn't taste death. Why does everybody else got to taste death? You know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, check this out. I told him I'm like, check this out. Enoch was a friend of God. They walked together every day. Enoch and God was walking. They got so far away from Enoch's house, God's like, hey, you know what? You're too far to walk home. Why don't you just go home with me? <laughs> and he went home with God. I love it. You know, so that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk with God every day like that, and you're a friend of his like that, and you walk so far with him, he's going to be like, eh, you're so far away from home now. Why don't you just come on home with me? And you're gone. You know, I, I love that because... That's what I'm. I want to. I want to mimic myself after that. Right. You know. So that tells me that he was focusing on God every day. He was talking to God every day. He was doing God's work every day. He was doing what God wanted him to do every day. That's where you want your walk. That's the way I want my walk. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk so far with God. And he's like, Hey, Bob, just come on to the house. Yep. We'll have some of that ground coffee. Yeah, and Mike, my breakfast there for Mike. That's right. <laughs> a couple cars for Ron to work on. All right, let's pull a needle off the record. I know we can probably go part two, part three in this topic. Oh, I'm sure. And we probably will at some point. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, the, fir- the first thing I had put down was overthinking can separate you from God. Mm-hmm. True story. Carl? Bob? You said the first thing you had wrote down. Do you yeah, have more? That, yeah, that's enough, though. Oh. <laughs> I was so, like, I was, I was summer like, notes, summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, we're talking about being bold. So how do we get that godly mindset? You know, back in Kings, you know, the Joash and all and uh, and all the other kings of Judah, they were living so wrong and so sinister that they led people away from God. So how we get that God that godly mindset? First, we got to admit your true desires. So, you know, what's your what's your true desires? Is it God or is it the world? So you gotta admit which which desire you want. Uh, then you gotta speak your truth, which means you gotta absolutely admit that you're broken. Admit to God that you need him instead of the world. Uh, then we gotta embrace God's truth, which is the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, then we got to make that decision of faith. 
we got to make that decision as to whether we follow him and truly wholly follow him, you know what I'm saying, with all of our heart and all of our mind, all of our soul. And then we got to preserve that devotion in God, which means we strive forward each and every day to be more and more like him. That's all I got. That was a lot. It's quite a bit to have. <laughs> that was a good coffee bean then, wasn't it? It was. That was perfectly bottomed. <laughs> Thank you. What you got, Mike? You know, for me, overthinking is crippling. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big problem with that. You know, in my prayer life right now, I'm overthinking. I want to pray just proper. Well, is it, I mean, when you talk to people, I try to speak properly, use proper language, grammar. But all God wants to know is what's on your heart. Mm-hmm. And it, He doesn't care if you use proper pronouns or adjectives or verbs or whatever you use. Just speak. And uh, don't overthink what you're trying to do. Just put everything you've got into what He... To lean on Him. That's what, he, that's what He's for. So don't overthink it. It's, it's not hard to figure out. You know, here's a problem, God, that I'm having and I need your help. Mine kind of goes with yours. Overthinking just pulls me further away from him. Mm-hmm. So I need to stop the overthinking and just focus on him more so that I don't have to worry about the problem, but knowing he's going to fix my problem. Mm-hmm. Trust again. <clears throat> Carl? The other day, we were going back into the house. It was at night, and I saw a lightning bug flash by the door. And it's the first lightning bug that I had seen all year by our house, right? Really the first one I'd noticed all that much. And I said that out loud, you know, I think that's the first lightning bug I've seen. And Grace is like, oh, I'm sure they've been around. You just haven't seen them shine. And I think that's the issue with overthinking. I think we spend so much time thinking about shining his light that we're not actually shining his light. light. And people are missing it. Yep. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's pretty good. That's a good one. That's that deep. Good. Put that in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mine is, if you're overthinking, it changes your attitude. I said it earlier, right? If you're overthinking, then it takes your focus away from a lot of different things. Yeah. Him being priority number one. Actually fixing the problem or fixing the situation, acting on the situation, being further down second right that's all I got really pretty good too you can find us on our Facebook group Broken Record Ministries comment like share whatever you'd like to do on there Um, if you want to go long form you can email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com and medium sized Mike's going to pray us out Will do. Lord, we just come to you humbly. We thank you for all that you've given us. We pray that we can do what you would have us do with our lives, with the gifts that you give us, Lord. And we just pray to do everything in our lives for you, for your glory, not for a pat on the back and not for recognition, not for anything at all selfish, just to live our lives for you and to show everybody that way. Lord, we thank you again. We love you. We praise you and we honor you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And until next time. Broken Records Ministry.
Catch you on the flip side.